In the last episode, my husband and I sat down to talk about influencer taxes, how to reduce your taxes, and also how to chase brands for payments. If you missed that episode, make sure to head to the last episode to listen now. In today's part two, we'll be talking more about how to budget your money that you make, how to save money realistically, and also how to invest that hard-earned money so that your money can compound over time. We even share how we allocate our capital, where we put our money, how much we put in crypto, and lots more. We also share valuable resources and lessons that we have learned so that you can start building your wealth. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Okay, now that we have talked all about taxes, at least our understanding of it, um, please make sure to consult a tax specialist for your specific needs. Next, we will talk about budgeting, saving money, and investing your money. We all want to put our savings to good use, so let's talk about it. So I asked my audience uh, what money questions they have, and I actually found that one of the biggest questions was actually how to budget uh, when your income is so irregular and how to keep track of your budget. So let's talk about that. So how to budget. Um, first thing, I guess this is very, very different depending on what level of income you're at as an influencer. If you're just starting out and you um, don't yet have enough income coming, regular income coming in, I personally would recommend you to keep your nine to five job or whatever other side hustle income source that you have until you feel you can replace that income or at least like 80% of that income with regular brand partnerships, regularly incoming. So not like a one-off brand partnership and call that regular, right? So that's the first step, like first advice I would give. And now assuming you're making recurring income, how would you keep track of your budget? Yeah. So you can either do a Google spreadsheet like you use to figure out income coming in, expenses coming out. Or what I have done is I use mint.com and I link it to my um, credit card so that it automatically tracks my expenses and it also categorizes a lot of the expenses. So it's like, oh, this is a business expense. Oh, this is a travel expense. Oh, this is a blah. And you can also go in there and manually change things as well. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that they also can connect to PayPal. Um, we haven't actually connected ours to PayPal. Okay. The other thing to make all of your budgeting easier is to not have too many credit cards. I know there's a lot of people out there who love to do these credit card hacks, but maybe your time is best spent um, creating income somewhere else too. Yeah, that's so, our belief. Yeah, yeah. So we tend to have a few places where expenses go out and just keep it from those places. So it's very easy to keep track. Yes. Speaking of credit cards, do you need a separate business credit card to use when spending on business expenses? You, you should. So this is one of these things that it's a best practice yeah. so that it's easy to separate your expenses when you do your taxes at the end of the year and for your accountant to easily separate it because everything on the business card should be business and everything on your personal should be. But um, I know many small businesses out there find it difficult to do that or it's difficult to um, get a business credit card mm -hmm. when you're first starting up. Right. So it's perfectly fine to spend on your personal. Um, you have to, you know, account for the fact that some of those expenses are personal. Some of those expenses are business expenses on your personal card. And you just have to keep track, tell your accountant, and they'll do the right calculations for you. Yes. So actually, that is my situation. I use my two personal credit cards to pay for my business expenses. And 
Actually, I will say it's not because I wouldn't apply for a business credit card. I remember I did try to, and I only have a green card, and I had unstable income when the, at the time that I applied for it. So the first time I tried, I was rejected, and I just didn't try any more times. So I don't have a business credit card for those reasons. But if you look into certain business credit cards, and if you have enough expenses, there are certain credit cards that can be really good for getting extra points that can go towards then saving money later on, like saving on travel, using points to exchange free flights and hotel stays, and all those kinds of good stuff. So one very important thing that Mr. D said is about keeping track of your money coming in and going out. Right? This is a mistake that I made when I started out. I didn't really look at how much money was going out versus how much was coming in. I just kind of felt like it was either equal, especially in the first few years. I felt like the money coming in was somewhat equal to the money going out, or the money going out was a little less. So I didn't keep track. But what I would do now, if I could start over, is I would keep a much stricter、uh, record. Of my expenses, and I would set monthly budgets on how much I can spend on certain aspects of my life, and be a little bit more strict about it, so that I can save more money, which can help me either further my business when I need to, or it can help me further my personal investments. So I know this may feel very restricting to stick to a strict budget, and I, for one, am not good at keeping to my budget. But I do think it's for the best. But if you have to have a strict budget, can you share some tips on how to budget without feeling really stuck or restricted? Oh, so so I think for me the key word here is feeling.、Mm. So the best way to do it is. Um, to create habits, and then also the second thing is to surround yourself with the right people.、Oh. Um, so the first one is to create habits so that you don't even have to feel restricted. And、okay. what I mean by that is, for let me try to do an analogy. For me, I love sweets, and I can't control myself around sweets. Okay. So I have to not see sweets. I can't be around sweets. <laughs> so、um, if I don't buy any sweets, I can't eat sweets. I see. If I don't have sweets like around my desk, I can't eat sweets. So let's do it for finances. So if you see money coming in, you may be a person who wants to spend money, like you. Yeah, like me. <laughs> so the magic to this is is actually creating habits where you don't even see the money coming in. It automatically gets taken out of your accounts, right?、Okay. So maybe a suggestion is to create two, three, or four accounts, right? So you have a money coming in account. So this、mm-hmm. is where all your brands get paid into, and then it automatically gets deducted by whatever percentage. And that percentage goes into a savings account, so you never even get to see it. You don't even know it exists. You can do that automatically. You can do this automatically,、oh. um, and then another account、um, gets to be used for business expenses,、mm-hmm. and then another account is for regular life expenses.、Mm-hmm. So, what that's a great way to budget, right? So, if you're like, oh, I want to. I want to go out to a meal today. Then you look at your personal expenses, and you're like, "Oh, I have no money in my personal expenses today. I can't go." It's just、okay. like if I look in the fridge and there's no sweets, I can't eat sweets.、Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're like, and and then you just make these habits for yourself, so you it's all automatic. Whereas if you just see a big pile of money coming in, you're always going to treat yourself. Like if I see a huge Ice cream bar that's cho- dark chocolate in my refrigerator. I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. But if I don't see it because it doesn't exist, I can't eat it. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that. Okay, so it's a mental game. It's a mental game. That's why it's the feeling of restriction、yeah. rather than anything、yeah. else. You'll be surprised on how little you need, and you'll be also surprised on if you don't see it,、um, how amazing you will be able to save. Yeah. So, Mr. D, to to help you understand what he means, he was working in finance and he was making 
already significant amounts of money every year based on his salary and his bonuses, but he would live like a college student. Yes. He had two or three roommates when he first moved to New York. And I still had two to three roommates. Yeah, yeah. But his salary was already like multiple six figures even in the first few years, right? And he was still like renting with other people in a very dinky apartment with no windows. Yeah. So I, I like to call it earn like a CEO, live like a college student. Yeah. I think Or it, spin like a college. So earn like a CEO, spin like a college student. Yeah, I think it might be harder for people like us who are front-facing, you know, influencers. If Unless your niche is about how to budget. live on a budget, mm -hmm. it's very hard probably for us to be invited out to a picturesque brunch and then say, no, I can't go because it costs money, uh, you know, because you want to take photos with your friends or go network with other influencers. Ooh, so then uh, that one, I guess the, uh, the initial thought would be, to obviously share the costs, right? Mm -hmm. Always consider sharing and splitting costs with your uh, friends. Like if you want to do something big or if you have big expenses, consider sharing things with friends. Okay, yeah, that's a great point. Another thing is, could you uh, combine forces with your other influencer creator friends to pitch different experiences? Could you use your collective influence to pitch for a picturesque meal or a hotel stay where you can create content or for clothing and you can potentially even share or swap clothing? Like I have definitely borrowed my friend's clothing to shoot and they have borrowed mine and it's not necessarily to save money at that time but it definitely helps and it reduces waste too. So those are some great ways to still keep within your budget while you are still working towards your goals as an influencer. Also, the more outreach that you do to ask PR companies to for gifting, for um, collaborations or events, the more products you can actually receive. Like I have not spent a dime on skincare and I haven't even gotten gifted much skincare in the last two two years but it's just like all the skincare I received while I was living in New York was so much it's like boxes full of them that I never have to buy skincare for a while mm -hmm. yeah and the same with clothing like when I go on trips I especially take time to reach out to different clothing companies and get different outfits so that I can optimize my content for the trip and that's how I would save a little bit on my um, shopping expenses you had another tip you wanted to share about how to save money. So the second tip is actually to surround yourself with the right people who have the same uh, money mindset. Mm, okay. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So um, if you have a friendship group that loves to spend money, it's going to be very hard for mm. you to save. Or if you have a friendship group that is really focused on um, empowering themselves and saving money and and really living, I guess, within their means or below their means, then you will find it a lot easier to either trade tips or share expenses, but also on a day-to-day -day basis, just really live um, frugally. So why don't we actually use a real-life scenario to explain how you would save a significant portion of your income? Right. Let's say if you made $6,000 per month average on brand partnerships mm -hmm. as a finance influencer. Not a sock influencer? A sock influencer. Yes, because he was um, famous for his ugly socks that he wore in our Switzerland trip. So if you were a sock influencer and you made $6,000 regularly per month, how mm. would you allocate that income and save your money? Um, so already... Uh, a portion has to go towards uh, the tax man. How much? I think that's about 20% or so, is my guess. So what is that? That's $1,200. Um, a portion of that needs to go into rent. I would certainly still live with roommates happily. So how much? Uh, I, I think I can spend about $700 with roommates. Even in New York City? Even in New York City, there are places for $700. Where? I don't It'll know It'll be far. It won't be glamorous. You will live 
all the way out further in Queens. No, past no, no. Flushing. There, there's always a place. So in New York City, there's always um, you you trade off location, uh, views, uh, quality of apartment. What views? <laughs> people, the number of people you lived with. So. There's always trade-offs. Okay, seven hundred dollars on rent, and seven, then there's definitely places for seven hundred dollars. It's just small, and it's a shoebox. Um, and because I'm a sock influencer, all I need are just places to put my sock. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next expense? So the next expense is probably food. Um, I am just gonna guess I could spend about seven hundred dollars on food. Seven hundred. Um, another five hundred on just general living expenses like transportation, subway cards. Okay. Um, I don't need that much in anything else. And then what do I have left? Ooh, you, you I still have, have twenty nine hundred dollars. Twenty nine hundred dollars left. So after all these expenses, I still have some subscription and ongoing expenses like internet, phone bills. That'll probably run me about. Another $200, uh, internet phone bills, and other subscriptions. Okay. That would leave me $2,700 in savings. Okay. So that's actually a lot to save from a $6,000 per month salary and accounting for, you know, having to pay taxes, which is very impressive. I just did the math. That's 45% of your income before taxes. I could probably live cheaper. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can do that in New York City, but okay. Now let me try to break down how I would spend six thousand dollars in a month. Okay, so first of all, I would put aside the same thing: twelve hundred dollars for tax. I would probably spend fifteen hundred on rent because I only want one roommate, and I would like to live in New York City somewhere. And then I would spend probably seven hundred dollars on food, and I would spend. A thousand dollars on travel. travel, and then I would spend two hundred dollars on subscriptions and internet and phone bills. So that leaves me with fourteen hundred dollars a month,、um, and that is roughly twenty three percent of my income. That's, That's actually pretty good. Pretty good, but.、Um, I imagine I would still spend more than that,、mm-hmm. so I'm going to say I will leave, be left with a thousand dollars to save out of six、um, thousand. So I would probably still only save about sixteen, seventeen percent of my income.、Shabby. But that's still pretty good. So、that's、that、amazing. just shows you how it is possible to save money while you are on a salary that's about seventy-two thousand a month, which is roughly the the average. And also, as someone with influence,、uh, you can also reach out to a lot of products and brands and try to get those covered. And I put my expenses at somewhat like lower because I am assuming that I could go to events and get free skincare. I would be gifted clothing that I would wear, so I wouldn't actually purchase too much clothing in order to share online. I would just get gifted the clothing to shoot with. And also, this is also assuming that I'm creating all of my content on my phone with my, you know, iPhone that I already have. So I speak of these kinds of budgets, like I would go and try and pitch more and get more free items when I can, when I have influence, so that I can spend less money. However, you have to understand that it's either money or time trade-off. You either spend a lot of time to pitch a lot of companies to get free products. Um, and then save money, or、uh, you can spend some money and you save the time to pitch to、uh, hotels, pitch to restaurants, pitch to clothing brands. So right now, I don't have a lot of free time to pitch for free items. It's no longer a great use of my time. Oh, because you have a lot of projects going on. Yeah, a lot of projects, a lot of platforms to maintain, and so. I would prefer now to spend money on, let's say, a piece of clothing or even even a hotel stay.、Um, whereas three, four years ago, I would prefer to spend my time to pitch to those hotels and not spend that money because I、uh, had limited resources as well.、Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so back in the day when I used to travel, I would pitch to like 20 or 30 hotels in one city alone.、Um, and now I only pitch to maybe one or two of just the ones that I like. Sometimes I don't even pitch in cities that I go to. And I just choose something that is more reasonably priced, not too expensive, and pay for the hotel myself. Because right now, what that means is when I travel, If I still have to create content for hotels, that is time taken away from creating other content that could be furthering my brand better than、mm-hmm. a hotel collab, like the deliverables that I have to create for them.、Right. And in case you're listening to this and you're just starting out, you're thinking, I don't have influence, I couldn't pitch to these companies and save on costs like you, Tina, then I also, first of all, I want to tell you that you don't need a lot of followers in order to get some gifted experience. What you do need is a good pitch and to be able to demonstrate to these brands the value that you can provide for them. That is number one. Many influencers can get free products at a thousand followers and sometimes even less, to be honest, if you have a clear niche. And if you don't have that influence to pitch for free products, then there are two options for you, right? Either you need to have more funds to create content that is the niche that you want, or you need to be realistic with the niche that you pick. I would really suggest to pick a niche that fits your current lifestyle and current spending. If you can't afford to buy luxury clothing consistently, But you want to be in the luxury clothing niche, it's not so practical, right? But I understand that perhaps you want to work towards that. So, often what I have seen other influencers do is they still start out in that category, but start with lower budget items. And then they slowly build up their influence. And as they grow to have more influence, they're able to number one, afford、um, more luxury items, number two, work with More of a variety of brands of different price points. So then they expand beyond、uh, more affordable items and can branch into mid range or luxury niche as well. So you really want to be realistic about it in the beginning and remember that you can always work your way into a more luxury niche later on. Are you enjoying the Full Time Influencer Podcast so far? If so, then we'd love for you to share this episode with someone who will benefit from it or share this episode to your Instagram stories. Our mission is to help aspiring creators around the world, and with your help, we get one step closer with every share. Thank you so much, and now back to the show. Okay, now that we have determined that Mr. D can save $2,700 a month, and I can save about $1,200 a month,、uh, where do we put this money and what do we do with it? Do we put it in a checking or savings account or stocks or bonds or retirement money? Like, what do we do with it? Yeah, so personally for me, I would open up a Roth IRA, which helps with、um, taxes.、Okay. So go and Google a Roth IRA、mm-hmm. um, and educate yourself because it's、uh, a lot more than we can say here. Yes. It's basically a place where you can put your money and you don't have to pay taxes on that money. That's right. So it's a place. So Roth IRA is like a、uh, savings account or an investment account where you don't have to pay taxes on the gains.、Mm. So you can put it into certain stocks? That's right. And then whatever you make from that money, you don't have to pay taxes. That's right. Oh, okay. So that's a Roth IRA. How much do you put in it? So for me, I would try to put in $2,000 for a Roth IRA. Okay. And then I would personally invest it in stocks.、Um, I would not spend as much time finding the right stocks, and I would just put the $2,000 into.、Um, The SP 500,、yes. just to make it easy and then hold it for the rest of my life. Can you briefly explain what the SP 500 is?、Uh, the SP 500 is the roughly 500 largest companies in the US stock market. Yes, it's just it's an ETF that you can buy, basically, a stock. That you can buy that represents the top 500 companies in the US on average. That's right. 
Okay, so just to explain that a little bit. So you would put it in S&P 500, $2,000, and just let it grow uh, tax-free. And just let it grow tax-free. Okay, and then what about the $700? And then the $700, I would put it into a bank account uh, just so I, I can have a rainy day fund. Or I would also spend that to educate myself or buy the right equipment or uh, find the right network so I can increase my income. Okay. How much cash do you think you need to save as an emergency fund Mm. if you were making $6,000 a month? $700 per month is probably okay for me, but I'm super conservative. And this also depends on if you have very volatile events in your life what does that mean if you have health issues if you have debt if you have yeah if you have people who depend on you okay yeah it's very tricky so i just want to say that your allocation of your money is assuming that you do not have debt Mm -hmm. um in of any kind yeah and that's what you would do with it you know put the two thousand dollars into a roth ira and invest it in the s p 500 okay so for me, with my little $1,200 left, um, I would put aside $200 as emergency cash uh, and then $1,000 into most likely also a Roth IRA, I guess. I never looked into it because I'm not a U.S. citizen, but now that I know about it, I would definitely take advantage of tax-free gains. And I would also put it in the S&P 500 because Historically speaking, as long as the U.S. is the main world power, then it will continue to rise statistically and historically speaking. Um, so that's what I would do with my $1,200. And the $200 I would keep putting in until I have at least $5,000 in cash. Yeah, before I even think about putting that extra cash anywhere else. Because I think it's very important to reinvest in yourself, reinvest in your business when it is necessary. But I also think that being a content creator is actually a very lean startup. You can technically have low expenses. You can get quite a lot of things gifted, a lot of experience gifted. And there are ways to reduce your spending. And so I would really make sure to have that emergency funds set aside before I start to reinvest into myself. So I guess people are also curious with what we invest in personally and how we allocate our money. Um, You have managed to save probably over 90% of your after-tax income in the last 15 years that you have worked Mm -hmm. by living really frugally Mm -hmm. and also working in finance, which is a high-paying job. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? With all of that money that you have saved, where do you put it? You spend it on a yacht. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, you don't. You don't have enough money for a yacht. Oh no, I don't have yacht money. So what I would do with my money is certainly invest it because I believe that money grows. Um, I believe that finding and investing in the right stocks and holding them for quite a long time would generate great returns, and yes. that's what I want to do. Can we give them an example? Let's look at Amazon back in the day. Let's say if five years ago, you put $1,000 into Amazon, it would currently be $2,300. That's pretty good. Yeah, five years ago. That's really great. So even though right now Amazon stock is currently down as we are recording this in May 2022, um, it's still up Mm -hmm. by over two times Mm -hmm. in the last five years. That's right. So that is what we mean by letting your money grow by investing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you didn't have to do any work. Yeah, you just put your money in there and then five years later, it's it's 2x. (laughs) Well, I like to think about it like this and this is how stocks... Uh, work so it's really you are an owner you are part owner of Amazon Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do any work Mm -hmm. everybody at Amazon does all this work to make your stock your tiny portion of it grow right so that's a great thing it's imagine like I own a portion of you and you do all the work and five years later um, because of all the work you've done for five years, 
your business grows and I get a tiny portion of it. Right. My portion stays roughly the same,、right. but I get a portion of a bigger, better business. And、okay. that's what all of this is. So let's give another example. If you put、um, $1,000 into the SP that、mm-hmm. we were talking about, that we said we would put in five years ago today,、um, at this point, you would have almost doubled your money, not quite.、Mm-hmm. Um, almost doubled your money.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, even this, something like this, so simple, so straightforward, if you consistently put money in the SP, as long as the US is a major superpower, that's right. then your investment will continue to go up. That's right. So, this is not some kind of voodoo magic or like get rich quick scheme. As you heard, it took five years. It's、for your money to double. It's a get rich slow scheme. It's get rich l- slow. Yes. And it's letting money that is just sitting there in your bank account grow for free.、Right? Well, there's small like、uh, fees、Very、when you purchase, fees,、yeah. but it's really, really tiny fees when you purchase the stock. Every transaction you make, you pay a tiny, tiny fee. So that's the important concept you have to first understand about investing. And also, Another thing that has to be noted is we got lots of questions like, how do I double my money? How do I make a lot of money with investments quickly? There is no such thing as getting rich quick in life. There is. It's for the other people to get rich quick and for you to lose your money quickly. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying that it's not possible to, to gain wealth quickly, but if you fall into the trap of thinking, That you can double your money without any effort and without spending time. For example, the five years that you put it into the SP to see it almost double, then you're more likely to lose it. And also, it's really a combination of knowledge, time, patience for investments to go up, or also luck that you can double your money with investing. It is not guaranteed when you invest that you will double your money. We are using the safest examples like Amazon, a huge company, or the SP, the, the largest 500 companies in the US, as an example to show you how you can put, invest rather safely. But even then, there is no guarantee that if you put money in Amazon today, that five years later, it would be 2x. Mm-hmm. That、That's、you put、right. it in the SP, that five years later it would 2x. It's just most likely,、right. statistically speaking, historically, this has been the case. For us, we don't see Amazon going anywhere as、mm-hmm. a company.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we used Amazon as the example、exactly. here. But disclaimer this is not financial advice. And we are not telling you to go buy Amazon stock.、Um, so it was just very, very important to me to explain that. We shouldn't fall into this idea, this, this trick, mind trick of trying to get rich quick.、Yeah. Everything is about timing, luck, hard work, gaining the right knowledge, and also maybe sometimes having capital to work with in order to gain more wealth. In a way, if you really think about it, we are very lucky to be in this internet age where you have free access. To social media platforms to grow your following. Traditionally, you needed to have money, capital in order to start a business because you have to buy inventory and then sell it, or you had to have permission to be on the media. You needed permission to be in a magazine to get famous, or you needed to be on TV to get famous, right? Old celebrity. Needed someone's permission、mm-hmm. to get on these shows, to be on a movie.、Mm-hmm. Right now, you can start your own show, which is your basically your Instagram page、mm-hmm. or your social media or your YouTube, whatever you want to use, right? It's free. It's free, and you have a phone already that has a camera. You can use this opportunity, use social media to build wealth, not get rich quick. You can use this. To build wealth like you never have been able to before. So, in a way, we are all lucky. That's cool. You sound like Naval. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Naval, Naval is a very famous like, financial. Naval、film. is actually an entrepreneur who created multiple startups and businesses. And then he got to a point where he's now a. Philosophist, financial philosophist. 
Well, he still works in his startups, but he's well known to a lot of people as a great philosopher. Okay, so uh, a great resource is to listen to Naval podcast N A V A L. That's his podcast name N A V A L, and he talks all about. The concept of wealth—it's very big picture concept. It's not like here's how to make two thousand dollars. Here's what to do with a thousand dollars. It's not that, but it tells you how people gain wealth and how people keep wealth, and also what's happening with wealth in the world right now, and a lot of like things that are going on、um, in the world that affects wealth essentially. So that's a great resource to listen to. His famous one is how to get rich without being lucky. He explains the concept of the four resources to gain wealth: labor, capital, media, or code. Yeah. So historically, labor costs money to you know you hire people to make more money, and capital you need money to invest in something to make more money. And then media, which traditionally you needed permission to access, you needed to get on these shows and whatever to get famous and reach more people. And lastly, code. And right now we live in a world where coding, learning coding, is free. We also live in a world where media accessing people is free, thanks to social media. And so there's a lot that you can learn just by listening to Naval and understanding how wealth is made. Mm-hmm. And it will open your mind to the possibilities in life because we now have access to these media and code、mm-hmm. for free. So the other podcast that I can recommend about learning about finances and businesses is called My First Million, and it's basically about、uh, all different kinds of businesses and how they made their money. It's really interesting to listen to these founders and their journey. It will open your mind to all different kinds of business ideas. Then, after podcasts, I would recommend also some books. You can read it or you can listen to it. I personally choose to listen to audio books. I I use Audible and I have their monthly subscription, so then I can just buy tons and tons of Audible books. The number one book that I personally recommend is Rich Dad Poor Dad that I already mentioned. It was the one book that I listened to like. I think it was five six years ago when I was working as a designer that opened my mind to the idea of building wealth,、uh, the idea of starting your own business from very little capital, and that is also just opening your mind to the idea of creating wealth for yourself. Another book I really recommend is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Now, this is a book all about、um, how to set good habits, why good habits are important, how to eliminate an environment that induces bad habits, and just by listening to it, like you understand that habits are what makes successful people. It's and also of course like luck and a lot of other elements, but habits is absolutely important. How can you get into the habit of consistently creating content and that kind of stuff? This book will help you、um, get into the right mindset. Another book I can recommend you also is the Magic of Thinking Big. It's really just a book. It's an older book, but it's a book to open your Mind to the possibilities in life, and because mindset is everything in life. If you have the right mindset, if you are can think big and understand that the possibilities are endless, then you can achieve a lot more in life. You have a lot less inhibitions, and you can become successful beyond what you ever thought was possible. Um. Lastly, I do want to recommend um an author actually. Uh, Robert Greene. I've always I've read a lot of his books, and he's the author of a lot of famous books like The Laws of Human Nature.、Um, Mastery is a great one. It's all about how to master a craft. So he also has another book called The Art of Seduction, Forty Eight Laws of Power, Thirty Three Strategies of War. It's a little bit Machiavellian type vibe, but it's very. Valuable and interesting to listen to, and there's a lot of psychology, human psychology, to understand through reading to or listening to 
reading his books or listening to his books that can be very helpful for you. Uh, what I would recommend uh, personally is a concept called FIRE. It's financially independent, retire early, and you can just Google for it. There's plenty of articles. There's plenty of blogs for it. And videos. And videos as well. And the concept is just really um, find a job that um, makes reasonable amount of money or a lot of money and save by spending very little. Um, invest that savings well. And over a long period of time, when you're in your 40s or 50s, um, before you hit your retirement age, you can actually have enough savings so you can retire, uh, retire early. early. But most people end up actually just not doing a quote-unquote corporate job and doing something else that they really like. Um, but they still end up working uh, for themselves. So it's like you, where you semi-retire. Yeah, I work for myself and for you. <laughs> You're part of the FIRE movement too. Yes, I actually am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. That's all. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was, but then I guess, yes. You are. I am. Well, your goal was not to retire, but it we accidentally stumbled upon this option. Yeah, yeah. My goal actually was never to retire. I wanted to work for the rest of my life. But in finance. In finance. But I think... My goal has always been financially independent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would just be the FI. But I think this is just the temporary period where I am just trying to uh, really, really educate myself on how best to invest my capital. And then once I figure that out, I will then go back into creating something. Yeah. Actually, he came into semi-retirement because during the pandemic, we were talking about the future and what we want to do with our lives. And what I realized was that my online business has a lot of potential and I really wanted to double down and pursue um, this online personal brand and monetizing it. So we decided that it could be a good idea for him to quit his finance job and we can go and travel the world. Um, I still have active income and he can invest his capital and we can experience a life that was never possible before social media. And so it was a really, really great change. How do you like your semi-retired life so far? So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly like happy every day. We're at home together all we the time. We travel sometimes. We travel a lot, like half the year. Um, to various different places. And it used to be that I had to travel alone. Mm -hmm. Or when we traveled together, it was max one week, mm -hmm. maybe two weeks if you could really stretch it. Mm -hmm. um, and now we can travel for like a month at a time. A month at a time. Before living. he gets really tired and he says he wants to go home. <laughs> I want to go home. Yeah. So that's just some of the concepts I wanted to share with you and some ideas I wanted to share with you today to help open your mind up to wealth building. If you're listening to this right now, you're already on a really good track because you're looking into how to um, grow your social media, how to tap into the power of free media that you're offered, you know, in the 2000s. And I really congratulate you on taking this step. And I hope that this was helpful for you. A few more resources I want to share with you is YouTube, actually. Um, we watch a lot of personal finance YouTube channels like Graham Stephens, um, like Andre Jeek. He talks more about crypto. And then uh, there's a lot of others, but those are the two main ones that we watch and we enjoy. Another guy who is pretty inspiring for us right now is called Alex Hormozzi. Um, he's also on YouTube and he shares a lot of wisdom. But at the same time that you're absorbing all of this information, there is a chance that you might come across scammers, people who are looking to take advantage of you. So you really want to be smart about where you put your money. If anybody promises you quick returns, over 10% consistent returns guaranteed, you want to run the opposite direction because nothing in life is guaranteed. Certainly not the fluctuation of your money that is not guaranteed. So you want to be very, very careful.
So now that we've talked a little bit about where you can put your money,、um, maybe we can share a little bit about how we allocate our money as well to give people an idea. Where do you put all of your hard-earned saved money?、Um, I put a portion of it into real estate,、uh, just in the place that we live. Yes.、Uh, the vast majority of it into the stock market. Um, I like to select、um, about twenty, thirty different stocks, and it changes.、Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to hold them for a longer period of time, and then a portion of it goes into some very small early stage startups.、Um, for me, I have found some success、um, in researching intensely and looking at startups that I believe will be important in the future. Okay. How much do you have in cash? I have. I always keep about enough to live for a year. Okay. Okay. That's a smart way to do it. So you have enough liquidity to、yeah. live、uh, for a year. And so,、okay. do you have? Do you own any crypto? I only own one percent. In crypto, one、okay. percent of my net worth is in crypto. Okay, yeah, not a believer. I see. So I guess I'll share a bit about what I do with my money. I, um, I think I have a portion also in cash, which is enough also for me to be in business for another year. Um, and then the rest, most of it is in the stocks, and I spread it across probably fifteen. To twenty stocks, it used to be like ten, but now I put it in more places to diversify. Mostly, they are tech stocks that I believe in,、um, just certain companies that I find that I have personally used, and they have a really bright future. And I I believe that my money is safe here, so those are the kinds of things that I invest in. And I also have a small percentage in crypto. I think it's about. Five percent right now.、Mm-hmm. I personally am looking to increase it to about ten percent. But also, the main reason why we are not heavily invested in crypto is because we have not done enough research. We are not fundamentally knowledgeable in a lot of crypto, the market, the the entire history of it. And so, I think it's very, I guess, risky to not understand something and know that it's a risky investment and still、right. put so much in it.、Right. And so, we don't have the unwavering belief to keep holding on when things are looking dire. So that's not the best place for us、yeah. to put our money, not for our peace of mind. Yes. yes, but maybe one day in the future that could change. Also, I have to say, with more、uh, risky investments like crypto, where it's more volatile and the ups and downs are happen really quickly, only invest what you're willing to lose. At least that's how I think about it. I only invest what I'm willing to lose into something that I'm not super knowledgeable in, and something that is so volatile like crypto. Actually, I forgot to mention that I also do have real estate.、Um, we split our home cost and ownership in half. So yes, I also have a stake in the housing market right now. Do you have any tips on how to invest so far? Now that you have been an investing expert for about、uh, a year or two, so I will say this before I be- talk about like stock investments. My best investment was in myself because nobody believed in me when I started. Literally nobody. Nobody was like, "Oh, that's such a great idea. Go and take photos on social media." And so I invested in myself. I invested in equipment, in camera equipment. And it, it came out to be the best investment I ever made, and paid off multiple folds. I also invested in、um, courses along the way whenever I felt like I didn't have any knowledge. So, for example, in the beginning when I had no photography knowledge, I did go on Udemy, I think it was,、um, and I bought some like photography classes, and it gave me structure. It gave me like a structure to follow, so I know okay, this is the exposure triangle, this is how to do the settings, and it just gave me more clarity. And also, I would look on YouTube, I would learn from friends, I would just go out of my way to invest in knowledge on how to create content and how to grow on social media. Of course, a lot of it is through trial and error and experience. But when you can invest, 
it is a great idea to do so. And then beyond investing in myself, <laughs> I have also since invested in uh, hiring, outsourcing employees. This has helped me to do so much more than what I could do alone as a solopreneur, single person. And my teammates are super helpful. They are, you know, I, could, I don't think I could run this without them. I would just break down and cry and have way too much work. And so they are a great help to me. Also, I invest in a lot of software to keep my businesses running. And those are investments that I would happily make um, so that I can continue to grow and expand my business. Now, onto the stock investments. Or crypto. So. Or crypto. I will tell you this. I'm a terrible investor. <laughs> Emotionally speaking, I was not a good investor when I first started. So when I first had some capital, I wanted to find ways to make quick money. I wanted to find ways to make a quick 10%. Like if I had $10,000 in cash, I'm like... Dude, if this just goes up 10% in a day, then I can make $1,000. $1,000 is, you know, a lot if, if I could just do that in one day. And I thought, stupidly, that it was possible as someone with no prior experience of day trading and knowledge to just do that because I could glue myself to a screen all day and make guesses. And that's exactly what it was. After all, it was guesses. And although... So some of them were educated guesses mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. industries that I felt I knew well, mm -hmm, uh, specifically mm -hmm. the travel industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I made some shorts during the pandemic and I made some money from that mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. shorting certain uh, travel stocks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But really quickly, I realized I was playing with fire and that it wasn't the best idea for me to be... Um, spending all of my time stressed and glued to a screen to try right. and, and make uncertain money. Right. And at the end of the day, the profit was small mm -hmm. because you think you can gain a thousand or two thousand dollars quickly. You can also lose it just as quickly. Mm -hmm. This is not like some kind of guaranteed way to make money. That's so right. investment really for someone who has active income like me, it, investment should really be thought about as a place to put your money where it will glow, grow slowly, mm -hmm. slowly, okay. but surely. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not trying to get rich through investments. I'm just trying to further my own business and just putting my money in, in a place where it can not go to waste. Okay. Yes. Cool. That's, that's great. That's what I learned. That's great. At the end of the day, I really encourage you to educate yourself and learn as much as possible because understanding how to accumulate wealth and keep wealth will really go so far in life. And I really hope this is something I did earlier in life. I really wish someone would teach me how important these things are. So I hope that this will help you as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Is that, well, what am I supposed to say? What's my outro? Oh my God. This has been the Full-Time Influencer Podcast with Mr. D and Tina. I'm first, you're second. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.